0: Welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast and I'm your host Brett Goldstein and on today's episode we're going to be talking about effective communication. This is going to be a live Zoom recording of the Monday call. So what we're going to be covering is internal communication, mindfulness, external communication, conflict, and then we're going to wrap it all up and put a nice bow on it with some takeaways. So jumping right in into internal communication, this is a big one effective communication all starts with the conversations we're having with ourselves. It's the conversations that you're having in your own mind that are going to dictate the way you communicate with the outside world. So it all starts with you. Okay. This is going to be a very introspective type conversation we have here. The second piece of it is this very important. It all starts with being aware of the quality of the questions that you are asking yourself throughout the day. Okay? Are they overwhelmingly positive? Are they overwhelmingly negative? I read a statistic somewhere that the human mind has on average 35,000 thoughts in a day. Okay? So that's a lot. So you really need to be asking yourself, am I putting in mostly positive or negative inputs into the most powerful processing device in the entire world, which is your mind? Your brain really is a problem-solving device. And just for an easy example... Think of it like Google, something every single person uses almost every day. Whatever questions you're asking your brain, it will find an answer for. It really is just that simple. So if you're spending most of your day asking yourself questions like, why do bad things always happen to me? Why do my relationships never work out? Why am I never finding that right job or that right business opportunity? Guess what? Your mind is gonna to go to work finding all of those negative answers for you. It's gonna roll through that Rolodex of that one time where this happened to you, and then this happened to you, and then that happened. Your mind is just doing its job. Again, remember, just like Google, if you were to type in, what is this, you're going to get that answer. So understand the inputs you put in are going to equal the output. Your brain is just doing its job. You have to take control in order for you to get the answers that you want. You can't just let it go negative. And here's the reality. Disempowering questions, right? Negative questions are going to produce disempowering negative answers. Let me say that again. Disempowering questions are going to equal disempowering answers. So you need to be aware. If you're asking Google a negative question, you're going to get a negative answer. However, on the flip side of that, empowering questions will equal empowering answers. That's the power of affirmations. That's the power of being in the driver's seat when it comes to your own mind. When it comes to disempowering questions, that one requires really no conscious effort, but it also causes stress, right? So no effort equals stress. And on the other side, it does require conscious effort to be positive, But by putting in that conscious effort, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get growth. And the only question is, and this one's redundant, which would you prefer? Right? Nobody's going to pick negative. Nobody's going to pick stress. But if you're not calculated in the questions you're asking yourself throughout the day and you're not cultivating that self-awareness, you are going to go negative. And that's going to manifest on the outside in terms of your results. And you're going to see that on the next point that we cover here. But developing your self-awareness, that is going to be key when it comes to recognizing and improving the quality of the questions you are asking yourself throughout the day. So let me say that one more time because this is very important. You have to develop your self-awareness. It's a practice. When you recognize that you're feeling heavy, when you recognize that you're feeling stressed, it's not always best to just fight through that and keep working. In those moments, you need to pause. You need to write down how you're feeling and you need to understand that you're probably asking yourself a negative disempowering question that's resulting in you not feeling the way you want to feel. Okay. You're not going to get to a positive place from a negative question. So really think about that. And this one's really helpful for me because when I think about my brain as Google, something that I'm consciously doing when I want to find some information, it really puts into perspective how powerful your brain is. Because if you typed into Google something, you're gonna get that answer. So if you're asking yourself negative questions, you're gonna get negative answers, okay? You need to be aware of that if you really do wanna change what's going on in your mind. And here's a really good example. A question all of us ask, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if this doesn't work out? Just think about that. Ask yourself that question. How do you feel? You feel scared. You feel fearful, you feel embarrassed, right? Nobody wants to fail, but when you're feeling that way, what, are, what, what type of actions do you take? You're slow, you're not fast, you're not confident, you're doubting yourself every step of the way. You're not gonna give anything more than you're capable of in that moment because it's, you're not feeling the way you should. So what are the results gonna be? You're probably gonna fail. And you're definitely gonna deliver a result that you're less than capable of. That's not what you wanted. And that negative thought pattern is just gonna reaffirm the thought in your mind, and the vicious cycle will continue. So it's something every one of us experience. And again, if you go negative, this is what happens. Now, on the flip side of that, let's see what it looks like to ask yourself an empowering question, a positive question. Another example. What if this turns out better than I imagine? Right? What if this works? What if I do achieve my goal? How do you feel in that situation? It's totally different. Now you feel excited. You feel light, right? You feel inspired. You feel joyful. You feel ready, right? You might still feel a bit anxious because you're going to try something new, but you still have that positive emotion. And then what happens from there when you go to take action? You're calculated. You're confident. You're giving it your all, right? That's a powerful place to take action from. And then what type of results will you typically find from that place? You're probably going to succeed. You might even exceed your expectations, right? You get what you want, right? You're consistent. And that positive thought pattern is going to continue to perpetuate itself and grow as well. So you can see from these previous examples here, it really all matters what's happening in your head because your thoughts are so much, power, so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for. And you're letting the most powerful processing device in the entire world drive you to a negative place because you're not taking control. It's like getting behind the wheel of a Ferrari and just slamming the gas and not grabbing the steering wheel and expecting this big, beautiful car to just take you somewhere because it's a Ferrari. It doesn't work that way. You have to grab the steering wheel. You have to know how to shift. You have to drive the car. That's you controlling your thoughts. Okay. Cause it doesn't matter how beautiful the car is. It doesn't matter how much money the car is worth. Eventually you're going to hit something. So you have to control your thoughts in order to get the feelings, actions, and results that you want. That's how you change your life. And the next piece from here is mindfulness. So with mindfulness, how do we bridge that gap, right? How do you go from asking yourself disempowering questions to asking empowering questions, right? How do you bridge that gap from stress to productivity? Well, you have to practice self-awareness, right? We just talked about that before. You have to recognize when you're in a stressful state and most people live in so much stress that it's become the norm. Most people live in so much stress and uncertainty and fear that it's become the norm. That's the issue. In that moment, and here's the tactical advice, and if you're listening live, you're listening back to this podcast, please write this down. When you start to feel that way, you need to practice, and this is very much a practice, getting yourself to pause and asking yourself, why am I feeling this way? How am I feeling? What questions am I asking myself? That is the definition of self-awareness, is being able to understand why and how You are feeling how you are feeling so you can make a change. You have to start questioning your emotions. You have to start questioning your feelings. You can't just live and say, this is just how it is. You have to take yourself out of that autopilot feeling and start really diving into yourself. That's what self-awareness and personal development is. It is a process and a practice. And it's also important to understand this. Our default as human beings is negative. There is nothing wrong with you. Every single person in this world feels fear. Every single person. I just did a podcast uh, interview with a good friend of mine. Omar. His name is Omar Elatar. And he runs the Passion of You podcast. He mentioned in an interview that he did with John Paul DeJorio, which some of you might know who that is. He is the founder of Patron Tequila, of Paul Mitchell Hair Products, I believe he's something like the 44th uh, most wealthy person in, in America or possibly even in the world. And uh, he, Omar asked him because he had recently sold Patron to Bacardi for something like $5.1 billion. And my friend Omar had asked him, what was it like when that check cleared? And he said the first thing he did was write a check to charity for $50 million, which is amazing. But then Omar asked him a follow-up question with you know, him having thousands of employees. Like, Do you ever get scared? Do you feel like, you know, at some level, maybe like a fraud? And he's like, every single day, every day. He's like, I wake up every morning thinking somebody's going to call me out and say, you are completely unqualified to be here. But it's moving forward in that absence of that fear and turning that negative into a positive. That's where real success comes from. And when you think about it from that lens, somebody that's worth that much money, that has that much success, still has that fear, still has that negativity, still has those disempowering questions sometimes. You realize there's nothing wrong with you. They don't just disappear when you get to a certain level of wealth or notoriety. It doesn't matter. It's something every human being lives with. And I hope that helps you because it's, it's part of life. And that's because our brains are programmed to keep us safe, right? We're still living as if we are our ancient ancestors living in caves with tigers outside, right? Your mind is here to keep you safe and comfortable. It is not really meant to push you. That's where you have to be the one to do that. So, without a tactical process to combat that, how can you even expect to flip the script? And it starts with that practice, right? Going back to what we just talked about with mindfulness, it, it, it's about being aware. It's about in those moments, slowing down, whether it's a meditation or whatever you have to do to get yourself out of the jar. And really start to look at it from an outside lens that's going to allow for you to really diagnose yourself and ask yourself, what am I putting into Google right now? What am I asking my brain that's causing me to have these negative feelings, which are inevitably gonna prompt my actions to be less than my best, which inevitably will result in me not achieving my goal and reaffirming that negative thought pattern. You have to flip the script, and it starts with identifying your questions and feelings. And the last piece on this is if you're not aware that you have a communication problem, and that could be internal or external, you will not seek a solution. Again, that's you getting out of your reality that things just are the way that they are. And that's because, and this is super important, no one needs a solution to a problem they don't think they have, right? If you have a friend or a family member or somebody that, for example, has a drinking problem, or maybe they're they're doing drugs, whatever it might be. Everybody knows somebody like that. If you're sitting there pleading with them to get help because you recognize where their life is heading and they don't think they have a problem, what's the chance of them getting help? The answer is ne- it's not gonna happen. And why is that? Because they don't think they have a problem. Therefore, they don't need a solution. It has to come from internal, which is why you need to start assessing what's going on inside and just to stop accepting it As just the way of life, because that's not how it goes. You can change things. You have to just be aware of it to make the change. And I think this is a beautiful, beautiful quote. You are not a negative person. The human brain is designed to look for negative. Constant threat assessment is what has kept the human species alive. We operate best when we practice appreciating our brain for keeping us safe while also teaching it to look for the positives. And I'm going to say that one more time. We operate best when we practice appreciating our brain for keeping us safe or doing its job while also teaching it to look for the positives. That's the active tactical side that you need to play, right? You can't just let it be keeping you safe because sometimes in life, not taking a risk is the biggest risk you can take. So hopefully that makes sense. Kyle co-captain, I'd love to kick this over to you to close this out, my friend.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. And just to close the loop, um, you know, it's, it's a training exercise. It's, it's not meant to be perfected overnight. This is a lifelong thing. Um, and, and just like closing that gap between, you know, that stress state where you catch yourself or, or you get it, you know, the feelings are, are clouding your judgment, the emotions are coming up you know, you're feeling um, stressed, you're asking those negative thoughts um, and that moment that you do realize that that's happening. um, Sometimes that takes, you know, a day, you know, maybe the next day and you're like, oh man, yesterday I had that conversation and, you know, I I realized I was actually just like having negative thoughts and negative, negative conversations myself. That's, that's the moment you start writing down. And then, you know, as you practice that, that time, that gap, it gets a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter. So expanding on that, we start talking about communication because external communication, because like how we talk to ourselves will definitely affect how we talk to other people. And that is so important to to conquer. But then how we talk to other people is there's so much more to it than just listening or sorry, than just talking. There's a a lot of different aspects to this. So I'm going to say this one really slowly. Um, Who I think I am and then who other people think that I am And then who I think that the other people think that I am are often very, very different things. And that is something to truly reflect on and try and understand. Um, It gets a little confusing, but we'll we'll try to help you through it here. Uh, Accepting this fact, it leads us to understand that the only way to effectively communicate is by listening intently and then asking the right questions, asking um, two types of questions. There's two types of right questions. So specifically for trying to help or trying to understand what somebody's trying to communicate to us, we call these probing questions. So you're trying to ask people to clarify, or you're you're maybe even repeating back to them what you think they said, so that they can hear what you think they said, and then they can clarify on top of that. And, and sometimes it's just as simple as that, asking those probing questions to, to get to the actual clarity of what's going on and, and, and what they're trying to communicate. And then the opposite is when you're trying to communicate, clarifying questions are asked to make sure that your communication is received by somebody else the way that you intend. And this is a struggle because there's no chance that uh, somebody will receive your communication a hundred percent the way you intend it. There's no chance. It never, ever, ever happens. So asking those clarifying questions. Hey, can you repeat back to me what you think that I said, right? Or asking them, um, you know, can you please tell me what you think that I said? Or, or there's so many different questions we can ask. But going above and beyond and asking and clarifying those, getting those clarifying questions um, or clarifying answers will help you understand if they actually perceived what you said or re- uh, received what you said in the manner that you intended. And this is so important. So it's, yeah, like, it's just, it's so important to understand that a person will only ever be able to understand you from the depth of their own experiences, values, and self-awareness. So I'll say that again, because it's so important. Somebody can only understand you from the depth of their own experiences, values, and self-awareness. Everybody is on a different level. Everybody has a different upbringing. Everybody has a different set of beliefs. And it's so hard to accept, but it's so true. And it's very liberating when you get to this point where you can really accept this.
0: Can I jump in and just say one thing there, Kyle? Because I think that you brought up such an amazing point there. That is just the source of so much. If you think about the, the problems that are really at such a macro level in our world, right? A lot of it just comes from the fact that people are brought up and raised totally differently. And you're expecting everybody to look at things from the same lens, and it's just never going to happen that way. And that's where being able to meet in the middle and understand that that's the reason communication differs, that you really can now start to come at things from a little bit more of an empathetic standpoint, rather than almost a feeling of frustration. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, that that's an amazing point you just brought up there.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's not about who's right. And this, this is a big one. This took me many years, and it still is a continuous practice. But it's not about who's right or wrong. It's about what is right or wrong. When you when it's about when you make it about who's right or wrong, that's ego. That's all that is is ego. And I catch myself, and I you know I'm getting better at it. But it, again, it's a lifelong practice. I catch myself thinking I'm right or thinking you know thinking that the other person's wrong, and then I say in the conversation, you know what? I, I literally say this. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's about what is right or wrong. And let's ask Google, you know, it's so simple, but we have this wealth of knowledge, this wealth of information at our fingertips. And, um, you know, a lot of the answers can be found pretty quickly as opposed to arguing about them. So, you know, just going back to everybody has a different set of values. Everybody has a different set of beliefs. Everybody has a different perspective, right? Just because you are right does not mean, Uh, just because you're right does not mean I am wrong. You haven't seen life from my side, you know, understanding, you know, two people looking at a six from different perspectives, you know, maybe the number six is painted on the ground and two people, one, one person looks at it and it looks like a nine. One person looks at, it it looks like a six, right? That happens so often in any form of communication, this is exactly what happens. So that leads us into kind of conflict resolution, So understanding kind of what we just talked about can help us understand how to resolve conflict a little bit quicker because it's less, you know, being less concerned about defending your position, um, you know, that'll help you to understand where the other person is coming from. It's not about defending your position. It's about meeting in the middle. True growth and maturity is being willing to admit that you do not have it all figured out, right? You know. You can learn something new from any conversation and especially the conflicting and the uncomfortable ones. This is where the most growth actually happens. It's not when, it's not when everybody agrees with you, right? You want to seek out those conflicting conversations, those controversial conversations because you, know, you don't want to defend your own position. You, you just want to learn. You want to challenge your own position. You want to challenge what you think that you know. And that's when again, um, you can learn from somebody else's perspective, somebody else's viewpoint. So life should be a game of testing your truths, right? If you only ever spend time with people that agree with you in every position you hold, you know nobody will ever grow. So you know when you actively seek out the people in, in contrarian positions, people that disagree with you, people that have a different opinion you know, not to prove that you are right and they're wrong. This is not why we seek these positions, but it's more for the sake of better understanding their perspective. And then when this happens, right now, everybody has a chance to grow. You think about, you know, we want world peace. What has to happen? We need countries to come together, find middle ground, try and understand each other's perspective. We need to empathize, look at, you know, every problem from a different viewpoint, every single viewpoint that we can, and then come to the compromise that best suits everybody in the best possible manner. So, I love that. So I love that.
0: Kyle, can I can I can I expand on that? I think the biggest thing there, and I think you nailed it, right? It, it, it that's how everybody truly has a chance to grow. It's being able to look at things from that from those different angles, right? That six and the nine painted on the ground, and saying, you know what? Let me let me come around to your side, and let me look at it from. Oh, wait it is right. You can see things in a little bit of a different way when you're open to understanding that maybe I don't have it all figured out. And and you've been nailing it the whole time when you could, when it, when it comes down to ego, because that's all it really is. Mm -hmm. And when you're willing to kill that and you're willing to put that to the side and just really look at it and say, maybe I don't have it all figured out. That's where true growth can happen. And that's where true maturity comes from, right? Understanding that maybe you don't have it all figured out. That's not, that's not weakness. That's strength. And that's where now you're open to looking at things from a different angle and learning. So super important. And that's, that's a major point for conflict resolution.
1: And then this is a a little bit of um, a worksheet that I, I actually stumbled upon months ago and it's really, really helped me Um, and maybe jot this down. If you haven't seen this or you can Google the fair, the, the fair fighting rules. I think it's the nine rules for a fair fight, but basically you know, you get into a, a conflict or a conversation that isn't going well. Um, typically there's a, there's an emotion. So knowing why you're upset, there's typically an emotion, like a fundamental motion that is happening. And if you can figure that out, then, then you can start to empathize with yourself and with the other person. And you, you always want to stay on topic. That's the other thing. Don't bring up all the past issues. All the past is, is should stay in the past. We can only learn from the past. So just sticking on topic, one issue at a time, uh, using nice words. This is just goes without saying, but sometimes we need to be reminded. And then a big one, this is, you know, I have to admit, this is a huge one for me. Taking turns talking. I always want to clarify and I takes sometimes it takes me a long time to clarify my point, but I'm always trying to, you know, trying to make the other person understand exactly what I Want them to understand, which is very hard if I just keep talking and I don't stop and ask them questions. So using a kind voice, there's just no point in yelling. It doesn't do anything. Nobody wants to respond to somebody yelling, talking to each other, you know, don't stonewall. But sometimes this is hard because we don't know how to communicate. We haven't learned how to communicate. Sometimes we don't even know why we feel feel a certain way. So that's another one to work on. Take a time out sometimes it's just let the emotions let the feelings let everything kind of calm down and then reassess reapproach it from a um a perspective of clarity uh use i statements right um don't blame what's happening to you on other people um you know it just isn't you know you have to take responsibility for your actions this is not this is nothing new. Uh, we think that other people can cause us to feel certain ways, but when we actually break it down, we choose to feel those ways because we think that well, sometimes it's because we think that we are, you know, it's, it's actually true, but then it's also sometimes it's because, you know, we love the other person and we take their opinion very serious. And I actually can't see the last piece there, but. Um,
0: it's try to understand versus don't try to agree.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So going back to the, the viewpoints, like that's so important. Right. Stop trying to, you know, prove that you're right or wrong, because we know that if we if we can just try to understand and we just try to look at their viewpoint, we know everybody has a different viewpoint. So maybe we'll actually learn something. And then wouldn't that be great if we learn something each time that we get into a conversation? Wouldn't that just make us a better person?
0: Totally agree. And I and I heard something just to add on to this, and I heard something that if you're listening to this, write this down. You need to halt. H-A-L-T. And if you, it's, it's, it's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're feeling any one of those emotions, you should probably walk, I don't want to say walk away, but just understand that that's where this is coming from. So think about it in terms of halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those are good things that you need to recognize when you're feeling that way. That's probably why you're, you're getting into that, that negative headspace that you might be in. And that's when it's time to maybe revisit it or walk away or understand, right? So halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And then just to, just to sum this whole thing up.
1: Yeah. So to sum this whole thing up, your your brain is a problem-solving mechanism, right? So it depends on what questions that we ask it. That's, it'll eventually find an answer for whatever questions we ask. If we're asking it negative uh, self self-obsession, self-obsessing questions like, why am I not good enough? Why did this happen to me? Your brain will come up with an answer. It does not care how you feel. Just so you know, it does not care how you feel. Your brain will say you're an idiot. You know, you feel this way because you're lazy. You know, it'll give you all the answers really quickly. But if we start to say, why did this happen for me? What can I learn from this? How can I not make this mistake next time? If you keep asking yourself those questions, your brain will come up with an answer eventually. Sometimes not right away, but eventually it will. If you're spending, um, yeah. So again, like it's just doing its job, you know, mind, your mind will go to work, finding all the answers for you. It's just doing its job. It doesn't care how you feel. So you have to practice self-awareness. This is how we, this is how we switch from that negative to that positive, that, uh, that self-obsessing to that empowering questions. We we learn to practice self awareness. We learn to recognize we're in, when we're in a stressful state. Sometimes this happens right away, but more often than not, we we start with this happening, you know, hours, maybe days later. But in that moment, when you recognize that, even if it's a day later, jotting down and uh, taking a time, taking a time out, writing it down, figuring out what questions you were asking yourself. Right. figure out, write down those questions. What, what was I asking myself yesterday when that happened? And you're going to see that you were asking yourself very negative questions and your brain came up with answers that you didn't like. Right. So then changing, writing those down, being aware of them and then f- ask yourself, what's the opposite? What's the opposite thing that I can focus on? How, how can I learn from this? What can I do different? What can I do better? That's how we switch. That's how we make that change.
0: Love that. And then just in closing, who I think I am, who other people think that I am and who I think that other people think that I am are oftentimes three three very different things, right? And again, we are all approaching life with different experiences, values, and self-awareness that are causing us to see things very differently, right? Two people that grew up on two opposite sides of the world and two very different cultures, they could see the exact same situation and understand it and perceive it in totally different ways just because of how they were raised. So understand that. That's why it's hard to find peace. That's why it's hard to find a middle ground. It's not hard to connect with people that are all from the same small hometown. That's why you need to get yourself out there. That's why you need to move away. That's why you need to experience different things so you become more well-rounded. You cannot live your life around the same people forever because you're never going to grow. And then just in closing, life really should be a game of testing your truths. If you're only spending time with people that hold the exact same position as you, none of you are ever going to grow. You're just going to reaffirm each other's beliefs. And when you actively seek out people with those contrarian positions, and again, this is not to prove that you are right and they're wrong. But it's more so just for the sake of better understanding their perspective. Now everyone has a chance to grow. Because if you approach that conversation in the right way, they're going to want to learn from you. And you're going to learn something from them. And now everybody moves a little bit closer to the middle. And that's where relationships have a chance to grow. Because ultimately, opposites really do attract. And some of the most successful relationships, business, personal have come from people with opposing backgrounds, right? With totally different life experiences, but you need those people on a team in order for you to have a very well rounded approach. That's why when you go approach an organization or a family where everybody thinks and feels the same way, it's very hard to be able to get those people to look at things in a different way. So I think the real advantage comes down to the people that are truly putting themselves into unique and uncomfortable and differing positions and that's really just the that that's the bottom line here so hopefully this has this has been helpful and i wanted to thank everybody that joined this call live again we do these mondays at 7 p.m eastern standard time so feel free to jump to jump on these after this wraps up you have a you have an opportunity to do a live q a with us that's why we encourage you to jump on But thank you for listening to another episode of the Grow to Gold podcast. And thank you to Kyle Freiberger for being my co-captain here. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to catching everybody on the next episode of the Grow to Gold podcast. Thank you so much for your time and have a great day.